We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Football is back. AB is in Oakland. Le'Veon's with the Jets. OBJ and Jarvis Landry have teamed up in Cleveland. But one thing that hasn't changed is where I'm placing my bets this season. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service that's been good to me, and that's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So, up to $1,000 for your first deposit bonus, double your first deposit, put in 100 and my bookie will give you an extra $100 to gamble with. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today, mybookie.ag, that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.ag, and don't forget to use the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, and when creating your account to claim the bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet, win, get paid. This episode is also brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Want to increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed? Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty, and since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way 
to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code armchair. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code armchair, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Ain't No Seeds podcast. Driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it in two seconds. Unbelievable. He throws. Got Meyer. Touchdown. Touchdown. And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. What's good, folks? Welcome back. Episode 26, Ain't No Seats Podcast, B-Turn, A-B. It's game week. The Les Miles era is about to begin. How we doing, folks? Incredible. Ready for some college football and especially KU football. Yes. I'm giddy. I'm ready for football. I've been waiting for this for months. I mean, (laughs) A-B is just, there's just a little spark about him lately. Now, some would say it might have something to do with college football, but I think most of it has to do with the fact that the booth yes. is absolutely <laughs> taking off towards the moon. Yeah, it's blowing up. It is blowing up. Let's just get right into it. Let's just give a little backstory. I think it was probably five, six months ago. When I told you guys, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess AB had come up with this idea Last at, year. at the Rutgers game. Yeah. And uh, he texts me in B-turn, and he's like, we should call uh, the stadium this year the booth. And I was like, I actually love that. So, being me on Twitter, I started just spamming Jeff Long's mentions with anytime he tweeted about the stadium, I would just say, Jeff, it's called the booth. Mm-hmm. Please, please correct your tweet. And uh, then Friday night happens. AB, oh, boy. set the scene, take us to Friday <laughs> night, just tell some stories. Just let I'm us so know what happened. I'm so upset we couldn't be there. I know. I just wanted to see AB's face <laughs> and like how hype he was. I was <laughs> wasted and I was so pumped. <laughs> he but, was uh, driving. Yeah, no, uh, so we they had that little uh, pep rally thing uh, down at Corner Square in Mission. And some guys were out there. We went and hung out. And uh, Jeff started talking. And I was like, okay, Cole. I looked at my buddy Cole. Blame Cole. And I said, if he calls at the booth, I'm just going to walk out of here. But sure enough, he called it three times. I stayed in there. I was, like, jumping up and down. No one was really, like, listening to what the people were saying. It was all kind of just, like, yeah, like background noises, which is kind of a weird feeling. But I was going nuts. No one knew what I was going crazy about. <laughs> and um, so he called it that, and I thought that was good enough. But So, then, yeah, like, just, I mean, so Jeff Long was talking to a crowd of probably, yeah. like, what, 1,000 people? Uh, I said 8.6 million. Okay. Uh, I think it was probably closer to the 8.6 million okay. than 1,000. Okay, yeah, I can agree with that, probably. Um, uh, but, yeah, they so they brought up... Uh, the chancellor, then Jeff went up, and uh, Les talked at the end. 
so yeah, they're just talking to everyone, kind of getting people excited, and so just threw it out there. From me and B Turn's perspective, we're like, <laughs> sit, I'm at a fantasy football draft, and uh, I don't know what B Turn was doing, but AB's texting us in the group, going bananas. I, I and, tried to. This <laughs> yeah. guy, I I had no service there. Oh yeah, I couldn't and send I'm a text. Like, I'm like, wait, I was trying. I tried to Facetime you guys. <laughs> I was so bummed. So like, all these people are tweeting at us like. Jeff Long just said the booth. Jeff Long just said the booth. And I was like, that's awesome. But he had already said it on Twitter. So it like, I don't know. It was really awesome. But then you were like, dude, this Jeff Long stuff is crazy. Right. And I was like, yeah, it is. But you were now referencing another Jeff Long situation. You went up to Jeff. Did you go up to Jeff Long and just beg him to say the booth on video? It wasn't really begging because like, <laughs> uh, so there was a little how bit much, of a line. How much did the alcohol play into you going to talk to him? I was confident. Normally I can't just go up to people and be like, what's up? But I, I was talking to anyone and everyone that night. And um, Thank God. Oh, yeah. and uh, But no, there were a couple people like waiting in line. So it's like, oh, he's right by me. I'll just go say what's up. And the people in front of me, he like ended their or like conversation with all right i'll see you guys this year at the booth so he was saying it's other people too individually <sighs> incredible and i was like funny story jeff because he looked right at me right after he said that i was like uh so we i'm the one my buddy ryan we do a podcast we've been the one like hounding you guys on twitter <laughs> saying it's the booth it's the booth and he was like oh so you guys created it I was like yeah we yeah. i would say so copyright that shit right and uh so i was like yeah i mean it'd be awesome if you could like take a picture and then i was like all right we could just take a video of you saying the booth uh, was he all for it? He was loving it. I mean, he was geeked in the video. I, mean, he, I like how he so said loud. hashtag the booth. If we remember while we edit this, we got to add in the video. He was like, we need everyone to come out and join us at the hashtag the booth. The booth. Well, I can't wait to see everybody at the booth. Like, he yeah. was so hyped to say He's it. like a super down-to-earth, chill dude. I feel like he's, like, down to talk to anyone. Obviously, he's new here, so he's trying to make, like, <laughs> yeah. right. so, connections and shit. But so, he just so, seems cool. I immediately realized that AB was not just talking about the video of Jeff Long talking to the crowd. He's talking about the video with him and Jeff Long. So now I'm like, holy, this is insane. Yeah. AB is on a heater right now. And then next thing I know, AB's taking a video with Les Miles. And Les Miles is like He whispering. talks quieter than anyone I've ever He's talked like, to. Hey, this is Les Miles. We'll see you at the booth. He said he was, was excited like, to take the field at the booth. Yeah, couldn't hear it. But the fact that he said it. I was like, A.B. What else did he talk to you about? Literally nothing. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> did you kind of do the same thing you did to Jeff? You're just like, I went up. I shook his hand. I said, You're welcome. And, like, just the whole, like, you know, you just heard Jeff say the booth. He called the stadium the booth. He's like, oh, that's a pretty good idea. And I was like, yeah, would you want to, like, say it on video for us instead of taking a picture? And he had no idea what I was talking about, but then he kind of just went with it. But I'll show, <laughs> He's you, an I'll show you guys the unedited video where, yes. like, Riley's just showing us and Les is just, like, staring at me like i had six heads but <laughs> need to see that yeah. yeah so jeff long video is hilarious when you pointed to the sky and shit. oh my god i was so happy so i was freaking out we uh we'll tweet all these videos out tomorrow maybe when we release this episode we'll put a little clip together yeah. with all that stuff and then but basically we have a one of the best college football coaches of all time and our athletic director and players like tweeting and talking about the booth yeah Les tweeted the booth earlier today or was it last night that was today earlier today oh i lost it then too and then tornado you said tweeted it out yeah bryce tornado the captain tweeted it out so haney started doing it haney's been movement. doing the countdown it's a movement, he's in. folks yep. yes so, so the booth is here to stay in the day that espn references it we're gonna lose our minds <laughs> i tweeted that we're gonna brush mass street alone it'll just be us three but yeah. we'll be partying right when we see the video on twitter there's no re-entry now this year so we <laughs> got the goalposts with us we're as done. we go yep. shout out to ab though that's 
I don't. I mean, it's a huge thing right now. Was so, was how did fun. you even think of it when you're at the Rutgers game? Did it like come out, uh, or had you been thinking yeah, about it? Before? So I, I kind of thought about it, and I don't know. I feel like every stadium needs like a just something to call it identity, right? And like Memorial School, and like obviously peeps, you the know, Bill. I don't want to like downplay anything like what Memorial Stadium is like named after, but like it's just a nickname. We're just having fun with it. So there's like uh, something that people can like recognize and sounds like. I know it's a little cheesy, but like. It's oh, easy no, it's to not say. It's cheesy. It's crisp. It's it just flows. The booth. The yeah, booth. It just makes baby. sense. Yeah, Maybe where are you going the today? Booth. The booth. So, so here, OU has to go play at the booth this weekend. Right. Shit. It's gonna be a <laughs> tough win for the Sooners. That's probably ten years down the road. But right now, you know. Right. But in the groundwork. Yeah. I just looked at Cole and I was like, you know, we should call this place the booth. And he was like, I mean, we that game, like I've I've mentioned it before, it was the hottest day in the history of Earth. It was 907 degrees. But we torched Rutgers. Oh. That was the funnest KU football game I've been in years. Yeah. Puka went. Banana bananas. land. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. We we had to get our football. I guess I haven't even mentioned. This is our football preview podcast for the season. But before we get into anything, we had to get to the booth and just discuss why AB is 10 times happier right now than he ever is and just Not more, more pep in his step. What did you guys end up doing that night? Like, I bet your ass was talking about it all night. AB oh, just God. went to Power and Light, just <laughs> oh. bought people shots and was like, did you hear about the booth? I'm, I'm the booth guy. <laughs> <laughs> they have no idea what I'm talking about. No, we, uh, I'll shout out uh, Matt Johnson, too. He's a big fan of the pod. He, he went to the little rally with us, and we kind of went out with him that night, went to his apartment downtown. And I met a few new people that night. Every single person he introduced me to, he's like, this guy, he's the podcast guy. Go listen to Ain't No Seats. Love so it. he's getting us some extra yes. listens. So shout out, shout out to Matt Johnson. He's so. a good dude. All but. right. So for the rest of this episode, first, I think we're going to roll into a Jesse Newell interview from the Kansas City Star. He was nice enough like two weeks ago. I think we found some time and did a quick 20, 30-minute interview with him, kind of going over the season, getting his thoughts on everything, which is good. And then after that, we're going to go through the schedule, um, kind of give our predictions, go through each game pretty quickly, but just kind of go through everything, look at, you know, see how the Hawks could turn out this year. Are they going to win over three and a half? Are they going to win three? Depends on where you put your money and where you got your bet in. Shout They're going to win Bri-Bri. three. They'll win three and a half games. We'll, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that. Don't spoil it. <laughs> no, like literally three and a half <laughs> on the dot. Yeah. That guy said. Yeah, so – well, uh, yeah, I guess that's all we we'll, – we'll get into the Jesse Newell interview, and uh, shout-out to Jesse for coming on. All right, folks, we, uh, we're we going to go into an interview with Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. Uh, obviously going to go over some football questions, kind of get his thoughts on uh, everything he sees coming up for this season, talk a little bit about less, and, you know, just get ready for the upcoming season. So, Jesse, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going well, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. So I guess we got to get right to it. Most important question, Jesse, should I empty my 401k on the Hawks winning over three games? <laughs> uh, I don't tell anybody how to, to deal with their 401k because uh, my, <laughs> mine's in enough trouble as it is. Um, yeah. You know, shameless plug. I think I went nine and three against the spread for football last year, but that was after yeah. starting nine and one and then getting really cocky and then going 0-2 after that. So once I bragged to people I was really good at picking against the spread, then I got really bad at it. Um, yeah. You know, three should be about the number. Uh, anybody that's asked me asked, has asked, you know, what you think the record's going to be, and I've always told them three at this point. It's just tough to go against the recent history where this is a team that has not 
uh, won more than three games since what 2009, I think was the last <laughs> year. So yeah. um, I, I wrote the Athlon preview, uh, which you know people can grab on the magazine stands and stuff like that. It, it seemed to me that like if, if KU wins three games. That should be considered a success and probably have some optimism about Les Miles moving forward. I think in there I put anything more than that, then uh, Les Miles might be sort of a, a wizard or something like yeah. K-State had for so many <laughs> years uh, down the turnpike in Manhattan. So uh, um, I'm not going to tell you how to use your 401k. I guess three <laughs> is about the number I'd be comfortable with. Um, but uh, like I said, with Kansas football, I think I've got to see it before I think that much better things. Yeah, it's been so long since they've had a successful program. For sure. I mean, I'll take three. That's a push. At least I still have some or have my retirement there if uh, they get those three wins. Interesting. You said you were nine and three last year. Talking to a couple gambling guys. That's good info to have, boys. We need to. Uh... Yeah, we might have to hit you up before every game. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, in the, it's in the preview before every game. So uh, it's, it's easy to find. And I think it's another way for us to try to get some eyeballs on the KU football preview. Uh, for sure. As you know, uh, past you know, past results do not indicate future success and uh, also yeah. don't bet on it as the NCAA would tell you. So uh, maybe it was just <laughs> a, you know, that blind squirrel finding the acorn. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So obviously the fan base is like super excited about Les, and it's obviously a huge name and he's been doing great on the recruiting trail, but how would you like rate the job he's done so far? You know, it's interesting. Um, it's so hard to tell, just to be completely honest with you, because the games have not started yet. And that's just going to be the telltale sign. And whenever you go through a coaching change or any change for that matter, there's always going to be kind of this sort of stuff on the front end of it. I mean, if we went back four years, a lot of people were David Beatty. And before that, you know, the person I, you know, you almost could compare Les Miles the most to is Charlie Weiss. Because he was <laughs> yeah. kind of the, the big name out there. And like, why is this guy at Kansas? You know, he's had success, at least limited success at other places. Um, a lot of this, you're not really sure what's real and what is kind of um, fluff until they actually have to go out there and play football games. I will say I absolutely agree with you uh, that the recruiting has gone better than anybody could have expected. And, yeah. uh, you know, I have a story coming out for the Kansas City Star football preview section where I talked to a lot of guys and basically asked them that question. It's like, look, Les Miles wanted LSU and he wanted Oklahoma State, but a lot of people are going to say, you know, Kansas is a different challenge. So what makes you confident that this can be different? And um, I will say, I think he has given this program something that it's probably needed, and that is confidence, even if it may be confidence, because uh, it just seems to me from talking to players, and, and maybe this is taking a step too far, but um, without a guy as their coach who had won big in college or done things away that had produced results i think maybe there's always in the back of your mind the question of is he really doing things right and is this really going to help me or do i just kind of have to trust that this is the case sure. and with less miles i think he has that credibility walking in and oh, yeah. i'm sure i'm sure you guys have seen some of the videos he's dancing to the <laughs> yes. meetings and he's singing and uh, these guys love him i mean they absolutely love him now once again if they start the season zero and three will they love him i don't know but at least right now, they seem kind of odd that he's their coach. They seem to want to play for him. They have talked a lot about being a closer team because of some of the things that he has brought together. And as we mentioned, the recruiting has been off the charts based off of the recent success of the program. So as far as it goes until the season starts, I think this has pretty, been pretty impressive for Les Miles when you're talking to the yeah. players and you're looking at recruiting. But again, the problem for Kansas hasn't always been recruiting or the offseason. The problem has been winning football games. So yeah. that's not a big question when you look at. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking back to. I mean, David Beatty had some huge recruiting periods where, I mean, things were buzzing really well on Twitter. People were going crazy. And all of a sudden, college football recruiting is so weird compared to basketball. It feels like these commitments, while they're big and they're a big deal, they essentially mean nothing. Um, I mean, do you do you think there should be any reason to have concern, kind of what we had with Beatty, where guys committed and were committed the whole entire time, and then kind of late towards the end of the year, end up going with someone else? There could be, um, but some of these main guys, like, you know, Brennan Scott just uh, committed a couple about a week ago, and, I mean, his finalist list was so big that it seems to me like if you're going to make a big deal of it, you're going to have USC and Oregon on, in on you and say that you're going to Kansas, you're probably yeah. going to Kansas. And yeah. um, so much of this seems to be that KU kind of has two ace recruiters now. Yeah. Tony Hole before, and now they've got Emmett Jones, the receivers coach, who just is so locked in to that Dallas Metro area. Uh, Metro yeah, we got to pay like, him whatever he wants. <laughs> I was actually looking at his contract just <laughs> out of curiosity, like, when are they pay him? You know, what does his contract say since new? I mean, they just hired him. And uh, yeah. uh, But the other thing I'll say, and, and I mean, I'm sure this will get edited out of the podcast later because <laughs> it's going to bring up shivers in people's spines, but you were talking about the recruiting <laughs> and how there's been certain moments when it seemed like Kansas football really was going to turn a corner. I mean, remember there was a 48-hour stretch with Charlie Weiss where they got Dane Christ and Jake Heaps. <laughs> yeah. And, I were... mean, for a moment, everyone thought this is it. This is the turning point. I mean, heck, I was like, look, they're getting four-star, five-star quarterbacks, and and that's been the position that's been the worst, you know, worst for them over the course of time. So, um, yeah, there have been these moments where you say, okay, it's going to turn the corner, and then for Kansas football, for whatever reason, it hasn't worked. It seems like I always say this. It seems like basketball and football for KU are just completely at the opposite end where if, if anything can go right, it goes right. Like if they're down by 19 against West Virginia at home with six <laughs> minutes left and like somebody gets a lucky layup, it's like, oh, it's over. KU's going to come back and win. But like with KU football, yeah. it's the exact opposite. Absolutely. Okay, that's so they, true. They, 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 signed, they signed a four-star guy. Okay, is this guy the one bust out of the four stars? Like is he looking at yeah. other schools? Like what's going to go wrong? So uh, I think that's part of maybe what – they're hoping the less miles changes with the fortunes is just the ending the woe is me when it comes to football and how everything is Murphy's law and seems to go wrong. But um, it, it yeah. seems like a lot of this recruiting is going to be real. They'll probably drop a few guys just because, I mean, they have uh, around 24, I think already, uh, you know, committed. So you, you probably get 24 with the thought that a few guys are going to change commitments over. But for the most part, I think they're committing, you know, their commitments are pretty solid and they're probably going to end up with a top 50 ish class, which, uh, based on KU's history and recent history, that's a really, really big, really good get, you would think. Absolutely. Yeah. So we wanted to talk to you about the quarterback competition. Um, can you kind of tell us about the two guys that are pretty much battling for the job with Thomas and Carter and kind of who you would guess who would, like today, who would be the starter? Keep in mind, Carter is a friend of the pod. So any kind words you have of Carter, let's hear them. <laughs> well, I, I really like Carter. I'll start with that. I <laughs> Yeah. I called him up uh, when his senior year. I remember every year for the Topeka Capital Journal, a recruit spotlight on someone. I remember calling him up and you know getting in touch with him on Twitter and answer all my questions. Those yeah. are the sorts of things you don't forget when you talk to guys like that and uh, you know answer my phone call media, all those things. Yeah. Uh, I would love to give you a definitive answer here. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know more than just speculation. Um, and what has kind of thrown a wrench into this too is that I believe intentionally that Les Miles is sort of being cryptic with this and kind of mixing his words up and kind of throwing things out of loop to try to keep us all guessing. So it's kind of difficult to get a read on the situation. I thought going into the season, 
Thomas McVitie was going to be the favorite. And I yeah. think the easy reason to look at that is they had limited scholarships last year because of some of the decisions that the previous staff made with blue shirts. So they only had about 14 or 15 guys in the actual 20 class. And they used one of those scholarships on a junior college quarterback who was a junior. And so, I mean, if you have that precious commodity and you're trying to rebuild a program and you use it on a quarterback who can only be here two years, you sort of, um, to use a poker term, you're kind of pot committed to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of the yeah. guy that you almost give every opportunity to. And you almost kind of think about like, hey, you basketball with Quentin Grimes. I mean, you know, the guy was a McDonald's All-American and he's a top 10 recruit. And like he gave he got every opportunity to show that, he, you know, he couldn't be productive you sort of are committed to those sorts of players yeah. having said that at least early on um there's been enough talk about carter stanley enough whispers out there that i don't think that thomas McVitie has run away with his job and i think probably um what that means is that many of the practices carter stanley has been better than him so i would love to give you a more definitive answer <laughs> and les miles has even gone in weirder ways where he talked about tory lachlan uh, earlier yeah. after a scrimmage and he mentioned how the guy that doesn't know the offense now, but could know it in a few weeks, might be the guy that's better in a few weeks than he, than the guy who's going to start next week. All these sorts of things like mind games. I'm trying to figure out what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. um, so there's all sorts of things that could be going on here. Not to mention his son is on the team, so yeah. you never can count watch out. out for Manny. Watch out for Manny. Crazy stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to give you a definitive answer. I, I just know it'd probably be wrong. But um, yeah. if we can take him for his word, he says it's between Carter and Thomas. And I think Carter, um, for as much, you know, listen, the players love Carter. If you've oh, heard them talk, start. Yeah. They, I mean, they just, they have so much respect for him. He will lower his shoulder when he's running. He'll take a hit. I mean, they love him to a man. So um, I, I just think he has, he has to prove it a little bit more because there's not as much invested in him. And he might be also sort of a sign of the old regime rather than kind of an, a, a symbol of the new, uh, like Thomas McVitie is. But like yeah. I said, it doesn't seem like he has lost the job yet, which means he might've done some things to win the job at this point. Well, we'll have to wait and see, but I would definitely <laughs> think one of those two guys will be starting against Indiana state on the first game. Yeah. I, I can't lie. It would be honestly hilarious if uh, we went through all this and then Manny miles ends up starting on day one, but don't think that's going to happen. Um, so looking at, I guess, something we brought up a few weeks ago, we were kind of texting about the team, didn't really know what to expect. We were actually talking about the over-under three wins, and I don't know. I feel like there's kind of two ways you can look at this team. Is it a team you look at that lost a lot of really talented guys and big pieces from a team that only won three games? Or can you look at it as a team that's returning a lot of guys, Puka, Mike Lee, those guys from a team that should have honestly won five games. Like, can you look at it both ways or do you see one way being more realistic to look at it? I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it's difficult for me because when you talk about should have wands, it <laughs> kind of goes back to what we talked about with KU football, which is, yeah. there never really seems to be a should have won. Yeah. One is usually a, Hey, they lost it or they found a way to lose it. Um, but I, I understand your point. There's reasons to be optimistic. If you want to have the glass half full and it's to be like, Oh boy. Uh, if you want to have that as well, you know, the number one yeah. thing, if you're mainly two big reasons for optimism, um, number one is just, we talked about less miles. He has a history of winning. 
He has infused some life into the program. He has a method that has worked with other schools that has gotten them to win games. And he's come into other programs before and gotten them to win more games than they did in the previous years. So if you're a believer that he can come in here and maybe maximize what he has better than the previous staff did, then that's a reason for optimism. And number two, I think part of the reason that KU could have won five games last year and the way that you can cut corners if you don't have um, a talent across the the board is that you have one player who can go out there and make a huge play and change the course of a game and we saw one player do that for kansas many games last year and that's puka williams and he's returning and you have a staff that is if they're not getting him involved then they should lose their jobs because that is the number one priority on offense is to figure out good and creative ways to get him the ball in space where he can make a one-on-one defender miss and go to the house and so you know I'm, i'm a big follower of bill Conley, who does the advanced stats and you know, he kind of talks about the, you know, the two things you can do in football to succeed. You can either stop teams or you can, on offense, you can either keep moving the change, you know, BK State, first, second, third down, or Army, that sort of thing, and sustain drives. Kansas probably not going to do that a bunch this year based off the teams that are playing. Or you can get these big plays, kind of like the home runs of football. And if yeah. he gets a few home runs, they can probably stick it in there with some of those teams and win. Uh, the pessimistic side, just to get to it real quick, uh, it's still starts to me with the front seven defensively uh, yeah. you know you lose almost everybody and <laughs> yeah. that's sort of scary i mean that's it's like you lose anybody who you thought you know could have come back and contributed and then with more departures even in the fall here of guys that you figured were, were the best player in the linebacking core so there's gonna be a bunch of no names out there that you haven't heard of that you don't know about and not only that you add it to dj elliott who is starting uh they're creating you know the new three four scheme so you're switching defenses and starting basically seven new guys up front um that will be something that keeps defensive coordinators up all night. So I would say that would be the main pessimistic thing, which is like as much optimism as you can have, how good can a team be in the big 12? If you're really wondering about the front seven. And so that's the question that's going to be answered here early when they face uh, these first two opponents, especially out of non-conference or out of conference play. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of uh, leads me to the next question about people not knowing some of the guys. So like who would be some players that you think could surprise some KU fans? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, from, from the skill level standpoint, I would say probably the first two that pop into mind would be the receivers that they brought in. Uh, um, Andrew Parchment, uh, for one, you know, I just talked to him and uh, he's had a really, really good uh, spring and fall, it sounds like. And I know Emmett Jones is uh, is excited to watch him. And then uh, Ezra Naylor as well. He had a good spring game. And both those guys kind of bigger more physical receivers. I think with David Beatty, you saw more, uh, he was taking undersized guys and trying to get them on the field and kind of play a different game than maybe many other teams were playing. Whereas Les Miles, he wants physical football players. He wants guys that can get in there and block if you need him to, and uh, you can go up and get a jump ball. So um, I would say those guys, uh, you know, at the safety position, Jeremiah McCullough is a guy that hasn't gotten much uh, yet. And I, you know, hasn't been out there too much, but I think he's a guy that's kind of impressed them. Other than that, uh, I can't think of too many from the skill positions. Uh, I'll, say, I'll say this. I mean, I think one person everyone wants to really see break out is Dalen Charlotte. Do you uh, you see anything or hearing anything about him? I mean, I know he's got the big pass, the Alabama guy. Is he potentially going to finally live up to the potential, or is he kind of just is what he is at this point? Yeah, I almost left him off because it's almost like we've already given him two years of <laughs> yeah, breakouts. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like he's almost past like the breakout. Prime. Yeah, he's he's not a rookie anymore. He's like Alex Gordon in his fourth year, you know, like he's like the yeah. post-hype sleeper. Um, but 
you know, I think so. Talking to him, you know, I just talked to him a few days ago, and he, when we asked him, you know, what kept you from being successful the last couple of years, and why do you feel confident now? And again, everybody's going to say most of the same things at this point in the season, but he's mentioned this in the past, and he mentioned it again. He has not been fully healthy at times in the past and has talked about, you know, knee injuries and things like that that could keep you from being at peak potential. Now, obviously, he moved to safety for a while, so that's something that kind of stunted his growth at a wide receiver as well when K was really uh, struggling there. And he was either for safety or cornerback. I don't remember which it was. I think it was safety. But yeah. um, but if he is fully healthy and he definitely has the confidence and swagger, then, yes, that's another guy that you could see. Hey, this is a transfer from Alabama. This is a guy that Les Miles wanted for a while, you know, at his previous stop. So um, if he's a guy that can step up and kind of live up to his star rating and what fans thought he was going to be, that could help his offense. Now, I say all these things while sort of also thinking in the back of my mind, like, did Les Miles come out of retirement? at 65 years old, after everybody <laughs> criticized him for his offense, to be totally hands-off of the offense and to not want to run the ball. And that's also something that kind of just, it keeps coming back to me like, did, did he do all this to not have a smash-mouth, run-the-ball, huddle-up team? And so, again, that's the biggest question I think moving forward is just, what are they going to show in their first game and what kind of offensive style are they going to have and how much are they going to throw the ball? Again, these receivers, we can say they're all great, but if they only throw it you know, 20 times a game, maybe they aren't going to be so great just because there's uh, not many passes to go around. But uh, yeah. I think that's the most intriguing thing with KU is just figuring out exactly what their offense is going to look like. They got all these crazy analysts and then they've got Les Cunning who's an offensive coordinator who's done a bunch of different things and then you got Les Miles who's like old school of old school so yeah you mix all that together what does it look like I still don't think I'm sure yeah I uh that that's interesting you bring up kind of Les's pass at LSU and how he was criticized for you know not really adjusting to times and stuff like that I I can already envision it we all love Les Miles right now but I can see week six KU Twitter melting down because of the way Les Miles just refuses to pass the ball or something like that. And so I don't know. I guess you kind of answered it yourself. Like, I guess you're not really convinced he will change that much, right? Well, it's it's sort of like this. Um, I think it kind of played out like this for Kansas with the previous coach, David Beatty. I mean, David Beatty's specialty was the offensive side of the ball. So he hires Doug Meacham. Everybody thinks it's a great hire. Uh, all yeah. that stuff happens. And then what Doug Meacham's gone in a year and a half and guess who becomes the offensive coordinator? Yeah. David Beatty. And again, a lot of people thought, Oh, well, okay. You didn't hire David Beatty to be an offensive coach, but like these guys didn't get to where they are by like sitting back and letting other people do what they yeah. do. They got to where they are because they take control of the situation. And they want to be involved. They want to have their, their hands involved in this stuff. So um, again, that's a question. I don't know. Um, but to me, if you're 65 years old, you've been sitting on the sidelines a couple of years and you've heard and read all the stuff about you and you've you've heard that this stuff can't work in college football and you probably have watched some film of K-State down the road where it's like, well, there's a team that runs 55 plays a game and huddles up and plays smash about football and, and seems to compete well against more talented teams week in and week out. And then maybe there's a path for you to, to look at Kansas and say, hey, and I'm not saying this is wrong because look, can Kansas compete with Big 12 teams better at 55 plays than at 90 plays? Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. And can Kansas maybe be better at being physical than they can at out air rating Texas Tech? Perhaps. So I'm not saying all this is wrong. All I'm saying is if you're less miles, I don't think you got to where you are in football unless you wanted to be in control and you wanted to have your fingerprint on what your team was doing instead of completely delegating and turning the 
reigns over. So his offense is, has kind of been his specialty. So we'll see what happens with this, see how much he tinkers. And, um, you know, it might have been different with they, if they had been able to keep Chip Lindsey because he seems like more of a um, stronger voice in, the, in that regard. I think less cunning, you know, <laughs> what he was the Southern Miss running backs coach a year ago. So um, yeah. we'll, we'll kind of see how that relationship works out because it seems to me like if Les Miles wants to get in that offensive room and talk some things over, that he might feel like he has the power to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point, and it's obviously going to be – I mean, I would imagine Kansas fans are going to want to see Puka with the ball as much as possible. But, um, yeah, I'm just very curious to see how people kind of react to uh, if Les kind of sticks to his old ways because, obviously, when people did critique this hire when we made it, there were people that did, and I think that was one of the biggest things. So um, that's something I'm definitely interested to look at and just see how it all plays out. But. Um, I guess we will get, I guess one more question we have, um, looking at big 12 games is, I mean, do you have one or two in mind that you think are, you know, those are the games that if Les Miles is going to win some big 12 games this year, those are the ones he really has to have. I think the one that comes to my mind is Kansas state. I think just getting that win in your first year, um, a home game against a new coach, kind of like. I don't know, taking over the rivalry when it's kind of up for grabs right now. Um, I don't know. Other than Kansas State, do you see any other games that would potentially be one where Kansas could go in and win? Yeah, and this is sort of difficult, too. It's kind of like when uh, I mentioned Bill Conley earlier. It's kind of you look at the numbers, and for Kansas, if you start the season with the numbers they had from last year and just kind of give the basic thing, you're looking at, okay, they're going to be under all their big 12 games but yeah. the, the the thing is there's so many unknowns here and i think for kansas you're probably looking at a team like kansas that has a new coach and is has adjusted in a different way you know what i mean like um the the, co- the, the team doesn't immediately take to the coach or the offense doesn't work like it did as up or there isn't complete buy-in or they had to kick some guys off the team and those sorts of things so uh, to me the other school for that West Virginia, and they get them yeah. early in the season as well. But you're probably looking at okay, KU's got a you know 20% chance to beat West Virginia or a 30% chance to beat K State because those games are at home. But you add all those up, and again, how you get to three wins for Kansas if you want you're wanting to be optimistic or four wins is they win those first two games. Maybe yep. they can go on Boston College and compete, and then after that. You, you surprise a team that there is a realistic possibility that you can surprise. You know, you're a seven-point underdog. You get a couple turnovers. Puka makes a long run, and suddenly you win that game. And for Kansas, that'd be a big step forward. If you can hang in some Big 12 games and then surprise and win one or two of them, then um, that's kind of the step that this program hasn't had for a while. And honestly, the step that maybe last year's team took that hadn't happened in a while is that they were competitive at Oklahoma. Yeah. They were competitive late against K-State at K-State. They were competitive against Texas. And so those were some of the games that really had been, you know, 56 to 7 in the past and they had kind of closed that gap a little bit. So maybe there's another step to take there, but I think you would circle the teams mostly that have the new coaches. So uh, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Kansas State. Um, we'll see how it all pans out, but I think those are the biggest unknowns out there and those are the games you probably look at Kansas and say, "Hey, there might be a chance in in those particular contests." Yeah, no, I would uh, certainly love that. I do. West Virginia's game four, right? Yeah, that's the first after, after the first three. So again, um, I mean, one start if, would be nice. That, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. If, if crazy things happen, I mean, if they beat Indiana State, you get Puka back. If you beat Coastal Carolina, you know, all of a sudden, what if Boston College doesn't get off to a good start and that's not a very good crowd there and you sneak up on somebody? I mean, you're three and oh, you're feeling good about yourself. I mean, oh, you know, don't crazy, do this. yeah, crazy <laughs> things can happen at that point. But uh, yeah. like I said, 
the, the problem for Kansas in this recently in the Big 12, especially, is that there's just been such a cliff between them and the second worst team. And I think the exception was, uh, was it last year or the year before when they at home and Baylor was winless and still lost, uh-huh. you know, 38 to nine or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like never is there a team like Kansas that is so far down there. And uh, potentially this year there could be just because we don't know what's going to happen with those coaching changes. Yeah. You got to give us a record prediction on the year. What is well, KU going to finish at? Yeah, I told you guys early. Uh, I'm going with three and nine. Uh, I think that's a, a good spot to be because I'm completely drinking the Kool-Aid and, um, you know, like drinking the Kool-Aid to the point where I'm part of a cult that you want to be don't want to be a part of. Uh, <laughs> but uh, to me, okay, so the, <laughs> I think this every year for Kansas, but it's so important to play well early. Like yeah. Indiana State, I mean, you got to win it. You know, that, that has true. not been a guarantee for teams, and we saw like with David Beatty, he played a so-so FCS team in his first game and lost. So, but, but okay. Indiana state, they're probably 11 or 12 point favorites. Just got to win that game. Coast to Carolina. You're probably a seven point favorite at home. You get Puka back again. It's a tough game. They have some athletes from what I've heard, first two. But, but, but you got to win it. And then from there, I think, again, you add up all those probabilities, and KU's got to get one of them. they got to pick off a team. they, they got to get a game where they're, they win the turnover battle 4-1. to they got to get a game where Puka goes for 220 uh, and, and goes crazy. But uh, however it happens, I think out of the last 10, you got to steal one of them. And I think that's definitely possible with this year's team, especially um, if Les Miles does the job a lot of KU fans thinks he, think that he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I uh, I think you're right, and I think you said it earlier, is that if they do get that three wins, I don't see how people can really be mad at Les Miles. I don't think – I think that keeps him pretty safe. I think expectations are kind of met if he can pull off those three wins. So, yeah, if they uh, win three and they're competing in games, you can't really be mad. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, I think that's definitely what we'll be hoping for. Producer AB over here thinks we could potentially start 4-0, but uh, we'll let him put his money on that. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, really appreciate you coming on, Jesse. Like we said, we uh, we figured for a football preview, we might as well get the guy that's the most plugged in dude in the in the area. So we really appreciate you coming on and uh, giving your giving your thoughts. No, no problem, guys. And uh, protect us for one case. Just just be, be very careful. <laughs> yeah, I promise I will not be gambling my retirement on KU football. KU basketball, maybe we'll talk when that season comes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Have a good one. That interview with Jesse Newell was brought to you by Lawrence's number one drone company, Drone Lawrence. Drone Lawrence has been producing amazing content for businesses in Lawrence, and they are proud to announce that they have expanded to the Kansas City area. To celebrate, they are offering a special discounted rate for all Kansas City clients during the months of August and September. If you are in the KC area, don't pass up on this deal. It's time to modernize your marketing and make your social media stand out. There's no better guys to do that than Drone Lawrence. Check them out on Instagram or Facebook at Drone Lawrence or visit DroneLawrence.com. Drone Lawrence, now flying in KC. All right, another thank you to Jesse Newell for coming on the pod. He he knows his stuff when it comes to KU football. Sure does. So it is always good to get his opinions. Now, keep in mind we interviewed Jesse two weeks ago. He just, as we started this podcast, put out his prediction for the season He's got the Hawks going two and ten. Yikes! Yeah. Wins over Coastal Carolina and Texas Tech. <laughs> Wait, I thought he had us losing to Coastal. Or no, Carolina. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wins over Indiana State. He has us so. taking an L to Coastal Carolina. Yeah, 
which man yeah make sure you guys check out that post and see uh why he's getting to that conclusion but yeah i guess we'll see you can't really blame him for being down on a team that hasn't won more than three in a decade yeah so 10 years let's just let's just get into the season so obviously Les miles is here it seems like an upgrade it absolutely should be an upgrade if it's not an upgrade it's going to be a disaster um but obviously we lost a lot front seven is absolutely depleted torched torched um but you know bryce tornadens back mike lee's back co harris you know four-star recruit he could be set to have a big sophomore year like the defense is going to be good in the secondary i think it's going to be a disaster up front so that is my yeah, d-line and our linebackers got to be the weaknesses yeah of the team that is really my... young and lost a lot of guys in the d-line so that's my concern when I just initially look at this team. Then you kind of look at the offense. We just talked about it with Jesse there, and the fact that that was two weeks ago and there still hasn't been a quarterback named, um, not good. You bring in Thomas McVitty, and you kind of think like, all right, this is Les's guy. He's going to come in, run, be ready to run an offense that Les wants to run, and here we are five days before the first game, and he hasn't beat out Carter. He hasn't beat out anyone, and we love Many Carter. Miles. Yeah, Manny Miles is still in play to start a quarterback. <laughs> like, that's a little concerning to me. Now, I would side to go with Carter because I think Carter knows the offense. Carter's won some games here. Senior. Senior. Um, you would think if McVitie was our guy that he would have named him the starter. 100%. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, if McVitie hasn't proven it now, that's a concern to me, and I think you roll with the senior until, like, you know – until you have it. to, yeah, yeah. But maybe so, Les is just messing with people, and I just maybe McVitie will come out and ball out. I don't know. We'd, it feels so David Beatty-ish. Like I hate it. We've said for ten years we need quarterback play. I know. Like we haven't had a good one since, which is so weird too. Like Ryan Willis starting at V Tech. Yeah. Montel went to Boise and kind of played well. Yeah. Jake Heaps was on preseason rosters. <laughs> yeah. We just had no talent around and it's, could have been I coaching. Mean, O-line, I think, has been just a disaster when you have no time and you're constantly scrambling, especially a guy like Jake Heaps, who I felt like every time he was getting rushed was just an how, absolute disaster. Yeah, remember, how fa- remember how fast Dane Crist was? <laughs> yes, okay, I think that's actually who I was thinking of. Well, we got those two, like, I think Jesse even talked about it. We got those two, like, in the same week to commit, and they were former five-star recruits. Dude, all I think of, when I think of the Dane Crist era at KU, I just think of a guy running for his life uh, getting nowhere who's faster him or bender <laughs> oh my god well that's what i was gonna bring up last year i thought a big mistake we made was playing bender i didn't understand it i'm like okay you've got carter set to come back for another year the season's going nowhere play carter get him groomed get him ready to go who's, clearly david Beatty didn't do that oh no and who's our who's our best quarterback since reason who would you say Michael Collins. Yeah, I'd say my God. Like, and then he tore his ACL in a guy. freaking spring game. God. Only KU football has their starting quarterback get hit in the spring game. <laughs> You're not supposed to get hit. Yeah, yeah just, he's probably the best one just, we've had. He yeah. actually wasn't even that bad. Kale Pick. <laughs> hey, There's some names. I saw someone put out a list like earlier today and like how long it took. Or it was like when they named him the starter, like into the oh, preseason, yeah. and how long it took for them to like change quarterbacks. Dude, like I 2010 was, was like week two. They changed right away. There were some ugly and scary numbers on there. 
Webb, Joe Webb, is that his name? Fuck, what's his, his name? Not no, uh, Jordan Joe, Webb. Jordan Webb. Joe Webb's actually in the NFL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you saved yourself a little bit. Yeah, just a debacle at quarterback these God. last 10 years. But you know, you know what position's not a debacle? Running back, y'all. Running back, y'all. The <laughs> running back. So, Puka, Khalil Herbert, Dom Williams. Find me. I'm not kidding. Now, this might sound crazy. We might be homers, but like, if you had to pick a three running back like trio to go into the Big 12 season, who are you taking over ours? Yeah, and a lot of people would make fun of you for that, but I mean, they haven't really seen these guys play. All three are very capable at starting. I mean, starting on this team, obviously, but yeah, I feel like they could start for big schools. Like Dom got recruited by a lot of guys, a lot of teams. Absolutely. And then Puka was a big recruit too. Yeah, and I mean Puka's a superstar, but like the thing Puka almost steals the shine from Khalil Herbert, who I think if Puka wasn't around, I think week one we're gonna see it. Like Khalil's a freaking stud. So I'm super excited about that. I think those are guys that are gonna have to <laughs> kind of lead this team when we've talked about other areas kind of not being the best. Um What would what do you think KU would be favored by week one if Puka was playing? Do you think it would be different? And what I mean, it is? Be a little bit, but I can't imagine it's more than like a two or three point difference. I was gonna say we go from four and a half to five and a half, maybe like not that big. So, I guess that's that's a good segue. Let's get into it. Week one, the Hawks. Larry Bird host. Larry Bird's alma mater. What the are Indiana they? Indiana State Sycamores. Yeah. Dope and, man, really. Yeah, pretty. They got cool <laughs> colors. Yeah. So we're four point favorites. <laughs> we're four and a half point favorites. Is that a real today. line? Well, here's the thing. So what I'm kind of going off as we talk here is a SB Nation 2019 outlook, which is based off analytics and stuff like that. And they have us projected margin of victory being 10. Um, but obviously, four and a half is a little different than that. I So, I don't know. Let's get into it. How are you guys feeling about that game without Puka? As we saw last year without Puka, the team was completely different. Lost to Nickel State, and then he comes back in Central Michigan and absolutely munches. Blew the doors off of him. Yeah, and so... I mean... We're a Big 12 school. Like, I'm basically just saying we better win this fucking game. I think I'm ready to bet some money on the Hawks to cover four and a half. Like, Les Miles, legendary coach, cannot come to KU and drop the first game. Les is just so good at motivating guys. AB is smirking over here. I don't know if he's still just thinking about the booth or if he actually has a take. I mean, I don't know shit about Indiana State, but, like, we're a Big 12 school. Like, we got to win games like these. Every year we should start 2-0, and we just never do. But that's what makes me nervous is if, like, people just looked at it, oh, Big 12 school versus a shit stain, why are we still only a four-point favorite? Like, what oh, do you they think must... they'd be over a touchdown? Like, something's up. And I don't know if they're just, like, really taking Puka out of it, and that's, like, a massive difference. But like we said earlier, I don't think that can be, like, a five-point swing. I don't think the line being there is because of Puka. I think the line being there is because, it's frankly, Kansas fucking football. we're not very good yeah. still. We don't have a good roster. Um, here's something Jesse tweeted today. He said something to remember, KU is only a a four-and-a-half-point favorite against Indiana State at minus-190 money line. The Jayhawks' implied odds to win are 65.4%. This game is not exactly a gimme putt. That's terrifying. I know. That is terrifying. It's so scary. Four-and-a-half-point underdogs win every single week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and our first two games were barely favored. Yeah. It's against... It's terrifying. in Indiana State. Can you imagine us rolling up <laughs> 6 a.m.? We're heading to Les Valley, formerly known as Puka Zone. We're tailgating. We're having a blast. 
we're drunk. Less the less era is about to begin, and we roll in and we lose to Indiana State. I mean, that I'm would be front top. row, and I'm hammered drunk. That would be imagine <laughs> J- imagine Jayhawk slant. Oh my god, it would burn. The website would crash. It will change everything. I really don't know. I mean, Les and Jeff Long have done such an incredible job at getting this, you know, just the fan base excited and just like just them doing things like embracing the booth. Like they know what they're doing. They they realize that's kind of fun to rally around and like give a team an identity. Like they are really passionate about making sure people are excited going into this season and if everything just goes to shit and we lose to Indiana State, I don't know what KU Twitter will be like. Now, maybe it'll be, hey, obviously he needs time, but I know Twitter, and that is not how it will be. not be the case. People will not be reasonable. People will not understand the fact that we were without our best player and that our team's just not that good. No, it's not, even, only, it's not only KU fans. K-State oh. fans would make me not want to leave my bedroom ever again. Les would get roasted. There'd be dude. a lot of pressure on him too, week two. I don't even know what gifs and videos there are of him acting or him getting struck by lightning and things like that, but It'll he would get viral. Roasted. Like he would Barstool get... would pick it up, like the SB Nation, what what's that other football account? The Reddit one, the Reddit college football like oh, Twitter yeah. account's huge. Oh, and they love to talk about Kansas and Texas. I heard yeah. a Reddit guy broke the LeBron or the Kawhi Leonard story. <laughs> Kawhi to the Lakers, baby. We're not getting into that. Um I mean, I don't like thinking like this, but God, can you imagine we lose that first one and there's a bunch of pressure on Les and the guys? I mean, obviously we don't win a lot, but you start 0 and two, you're probably gonna go 0 and three. You go to Boston College. <laughs> yeah, and we're not then, even gonna. Let's not even. We're not doing that because we're winning. We're beating Indiana State. We right? gotta win the first two. We're beating Indiana State, right? Let's just all. Are we all in agreement that the Hawks start one and zero in the Les Miles era? Yeah, we're gonna win that game. Let's do it. And we're I'm taking in, sure as hell hope so. Let's take let's take the spread too. If we win, we'll I win by. To. I think we'll I win wanna, by a touchdown. Yeah, I want to be in that stadium with every point God. we score. Missouri Valley School, dude. Let me let me just say one thing. If Kansas football makes me stay at the booth all four hours on Saturday, I'll be upset. There's way too much college football to watch to watch KU versus Indiana State for four hours. Dude, we <laughs> might storm the field if we win. I'll be storming. Stop. That's what scares me. It's like, I, mm. I'm just kidding. But Blow them out. Win by 75. AB's going to have his phone on the field interviewing every single player. Can you say the booth? <laughs> You know the booth? I but, tweeted it. Carter, Carter, <laughs> say it, please. Um, do you guys know the last time we started two and zero? You got? I don't. If you don't know it, I don't know. I don't think you'll get it right. I think that might. Uh, I want to say, surely it's not twenty ten. I want to say thirteen. I was gonna say twelve or thirteen. No, not twelve. It was twenty eleven. Oh my god! I think it was McNeese State and someone else. And then ever since then we've two we, you know two cupcakes is all we've had to beat and we can't do it. Like Turner Gill's first year, we lost to North Dakota State. We lost that one game to South Dakota State. We lost. I remember, oh, twenty thirteen, we lost to Rice week two. I remember that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Sam McGaffey yeah, like was that. playing. Like we'd yeah. always lose. Like any other Big Twelve school is going to go two and zero. So I think that's key because it is. If we go two and zero and then we go to BC and are competitive, like lose by a touchdown or two, I'd be so I'd be thrilled. Yes. So let's just get into that. So let's let's talk a little bit about Coastal Carolina. 2011. Eight years. <laughs> eight years. I was I was honestly surprised that it wasn't reasoning. I thought it was ten for sure, but well, not really for sure, but it, I couldn't remember any other time where we started two and zero. So, but so we play Coastal Carolina. This is saying they're six point 
underdogs were six point favorites. Now, this also what I'm going off is saying that we were ten point favorites over Indiana State. That was four and a half point, or that, I guess that's a what five and a half point difference. So if you do it that way, we're half point favorite over Coastal Carolina, but probably not accurate. Let's Ryan's call it, a big math guy over here. Big math guy. Let's call it six. How are we feeling about? Co- I don't know any. I don't want to talk too much about Coastal Carolina. Just win the game. Win we, the first two, please. We just for gotta me. win two. Puka will be back. Puka's family will be at the tailgate. His yes. dad will be making us some fire, whatever catfish jambalaya, whatever he's making us. It's gonna be great. Six o'clock game. Is he gonna I think, be? Is he gonna be salty about the name change? Um, I guess no. we'll find out. We'll, we'll hope. We gave him the Puka Zone like banner last year. They should be happy. So. We'll see. Um, but, yes, I will say my official prediction for this pod is that we start 2-0. and And we go into Boston College with potentially the most exciting kind of, I don't know, most buzz we've had going into a road game in probably, I don't know, 10 years. Like, that will be huge. Has be to be. 2-0 going into Boston College. I saw their to- their win total prediction, 6.5. So, yeah. I mean, their team is going to probably make a bowl. They're going to be a good team. they got a really good running back, A.J. Dillon. And they got the guys being dudes coaching them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's the guy. Funniest video. Yeah. So, that'll be a huge game. <coughs> and if we're 2-0 going into that game. Yikes. I'm, I'm dying over here. If we're 2-0 going into that, like, it'll be super exciting regardless of if we win. I think B-Turn just said – be competitive in it, and that is huge for the program. So, I mean, geez, if it was like a 38-28 game or 35-24, like, and we just competed, kind of answered their punches and stuff, I'd be pumped. Yeah. Because road atmosphere, whenever get on the road, they're a bowl team every year. So I'd be pumped if it was close. Yeah, it, it would be awesome, and I think that would give a lot of people confidence to see us win two games and then compete with a good, pretty good ACC team. Then we come back. West Virginia comes into town. West Virginia might stink. Mountain Mama. That place. They the do booth. stink. Yeah, the, the booth, booth will be. I mean, if the we're. The booth could be buzzing. If we're 3-0 and going that game, I'm dying okay. at the booth. Like, well, you guys are starting to sound like me in episode one. I know. When you guys I, wouldn't stop laughing at me. I know, but as a fan, you got to think of these hypotheticals. No, I'm not even saying that. I fully am predicting us to lose to Boston College. We do will. You, do you agree? Yes. Do you agree, A.B.? Are you taking us to start 2-1? and one? Uh... <laughs> Not three and zero. Oh. Okay. Well, I think yeah, weird. two and one is probably two and one with Indiana State, Coastal Carolina, and then losing to Boston College. I'm just saying, like I don't want to like lock in the first two that we're gonna win. Like I think that maybe we could slip up. See, I think it's I more likely to be two and one than one and two. But we can definitely lose one of those. Two of those, then we're just bad fans. But I mean, as we a just fan, gotta believe. yeah, as a fan, I'm saying we're winning those first two. Yeah, new coach, and, great coach. I think we have a good coaching staff that'll make the difference. I agree. I think we're winning them, and I think that Boston College game, what the key to that game is, just be freaking competitive. Do not get embarrassed. Do not go into that West Virginia game with all hope gone. Like, oh, yeah, we started 2-1, and one, but, like, we just, just lost showed, by 50 to yeah, our actual team. Yeah, we just got freaking 50 balls. So, compete. Yeah, compete, and then West Virginia comes to town, which – At home. West Virginia lost their Heisman – I mean, a guy that yeah, people lost thought was going to win Heisman. They lost their head coach. They, if we're going to win a conference, I think there's three conference games we can win. We'll get to them. Texas Tech, West Virginia, K-State. I wish this game was later in the season. I don't I feel like just giving this team more time to, like, gel and, you know, get guys going would be better. But 
if we're going to win a conference game, West Virginia is absolutely one of them that we could win. You would think so. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know, you change coach and quarterback. That's not an easy transition, especially in college. So who knows? But, I mean, we're, we're using that like West Virginia changed coach and quarterback, but we also are changing coach and quarterback, I would but think. Or so. Kansas. Yeah, <laughs> but our coaching, change, right. our coaching change was for good. Theirs was like, shit, we lost our head coach. Right. So... But just want to put it out there just to be. Westfall has the transfer quarterback from Oklahoma. Big recruit coming out of high school. I mean. We know how those work out. I, I just didn't know who would be starting for them. Yeah. So. I, uh, here's what this thing says, and it's a little concerning. Yeah, it's <laughs> It's tough. got our projected margin to be an 18.2 point loss. Don't love that. 18 point underdogs at home. Yikes. Yeah. But that, that's what makes me nervous. Now we're, now we're going to talk about win total, but like. I just can't take the over if this is saying we're going to be three-score underdogs every game. Yeah, it's it's scary. If we I, win uh, those first two, I'll feel good about over three. I don't think we're going to beat West Virginia. I'll go ahead and just lock my pick in. I think we start two and two. Now, I think it's probably likely that we, if we do start two and zero, oh, I think between Boston College or West Virginia, one of those games is going to be a blowout. I don't think we're going to compete in both of them. Now, I just want to compete in one. Either go into Boston College. I don't know. It would suck so much to compete in Boston College, come back. And be like. We're 2-1. and one. We just played toe-to-toe with an ACC team that's going to make a bowl game. And then West Virginia comes into Lawrence <clears throat> and just stomps us. Yeah, that if we were, be, like, flat or something, that would suck. I would almost rather get blown at, blown out against Boston College and then compete against West Virginia to kind of like, all right, it's Big 12 play. We're feeling better. Oh, man. I think we're going to lose West Virginia. But I'm telling you folks, circle that one. Just give it a little circle. Put a tickler file. Yeah. Be, if, you're, if you're going to pick one game to go to, I would probably K-State. But, like, I think West Virginia's up there because I think it's a good chance we win. Hope it's an 11 a.m. game. It's the only time I'll ever wish for that. <laughs> so, are you, you – Yeah, got, I you got, got that. Us. I put that as a loss. So, two and two, A.B., you have us – you're, like, being cryptic about no, where you have I, us. <laughs> I said that I think there's a chance we can start one and two. That's all I said. I think we'll start two and one, but – and then yeah, lose to Westfall two and two. So two and two, heading to TCU. I when I said before this that I put a loss against Westfall, I feel like you guys thought I was crazy. No, because you were gonna take win. No, I've got our conference win circled already. I'll get to it. Wins. Win. I've got us <laughs> winning one. Oh, oh no. Next one at TCU. We always play them tough. Yeah, but beat them you, last we year. beat them. You got to think they're like all right. We are not. But it's weird how we've around. sucked ass on the road for 10 years and we always play them good there, even. The last time we went there, we lost by 1,000. <laughs> they had the true. running we, clock we the whole had fourth like quarter. Negative seven yards. That's yeah. true. <laughs> we got smoked. The work was on Fox. David Beatty should have never survived a but that was, after that game. That was we when were, KUTCU was on Fox, like the actual Fox channel. It was, and game seven of the ALCS was on FS1. <laughs> it just made no sense. It was, like, it was one of the joke. more depressing. I think. There's been a lot of depressing KU football games. That was one of the ones where it was like, oh, my goodness. Like, we're actually that bad. We might be the worst BCS program ever of all time. I, mean, I feel like horrible. we played them good on the road before. We have, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, it's always we close. beat them a few years ago on the road. Like, Yep, and the but, year before, like, when they had the – they were, like, top five in the country and we were winning, like, the whole game. I don't even – was that 2014? Yeah. We're up the whole time, then they won at the end. But I think it'll be a close know. game. I really do. I think Alex Delton probably starting for them at QB. I don't. He yeah. doesn't really impress me that much. I think it can be close. Yeah. I mean, I 
I just think they're going to be way more talented than us, and I think they are. I mean, you can't lose Kansas two years in a row. If you're a Texas program and you're looking at your schedule, like you just can't. And so I think they're going to come out and not take us lightly, especially with less now there. So I think they might smoke us. I do too. That's kind of the game I where I see us walking in, and it's a road first Big Twelve road game, and they're this is saying favored by twenty four points. I think we kind of get smoked. I think this stretch we have here at TCU, Smoke City, then Oklahoma. Yeah, we then don't need at to Texas. we don't need to discuss. OU we are Texas. straight pulled pork and brisket right now, just <laughs> yeah. fucking. Well, smoked. you want to know? It's interesting. TCU predicted margin of victory is higher than Texas margin of victory against us. Are the Hawks going to beat the Longhorns? Oh my God! We not there, at Texas. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. So Where Tim Riggins played his final high school game. <laughs> I think I think me and AB agree. TCU rolls us. B turn seems to be a little more optimistic about that game, but I think you'd agree it's a loss, right? So we're now two and three. B-turn. Probably, yeah. Two and three. It's going to be it's, it's going to be close at TCU. I'll say that. That'll be interesting to look back on. Lose to OU Texas. We lose to OU. Heard they have a good quarterback. Heard they're good. Decent, decent program. OU will be fine. Uh, I think that might be sneaky close again like last year, though. No. We're not going to play OU twice. But that game was like never like close, close. It was always in like 14 and 17. It was really just fun because Puka was just Right, and we scored every time. But I'm going to bet they're a little more prepared for Puka this year. But who knows? You'd think. Texas, they're going to be good. They're a top 10 team, right? Yeah. Yeah, so probably Lost. not beating Texas. But here is where the schedule starts to get fun, folks. Texas Tech. Next two are definitely winnable. Yes. At home. And that's why it's a little concerning. I mean, if we do get absolutely steamrolled by OU and Texas, how does the team bounce back for two of the most, I would say, the two most important games of the season? Texas Tech, Kansas State. I don't know. Let's start with Texas Tech. A.B., how you feeling? I mean, it's kind of the same situation that West Virginia has. They're replacing their coach. So, I don't know. I mean, it's always tough when it's like those coaches that came from like a smaller school because you don't know if it's like – I mean, we thought Turner Gill was God. Yeah. And he's, I mean, you never know which way it's going to go. Yeah. But, I mean, it's definitely one of the more winnable ones. This one has us as a 14-point dog. Yeah. But We're winning this game. <laughs> That's the one you're it's going It's homecoming. With. Yeah. Homecoming, so hopefully there's a few more people there. I just don't I don't know how good Tech really is. They ended last year. They lost their last five games. I think they went, They either went four and eight or five and seven. I don't remember, but lost Kingsbury. I'm not, I'm not like, scared of Tech. Like, I don't – I think they're one of the worst teams in the Big 12. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm going to say we're going to beat Tech. Okay. I like that pick. I'm not going to pick that. I think we lose. But I do think <laughs> – here's the thing. I think we play – well enough i think we compete it's entertaining the booth's buzzing the whole game and i think it sets us up beautifully to go in next week after that game for a little rivalry game kind of feels like i don't know it's like the rivalry gets a little restart if you know what i mean like they've had the edge obviously but now it's kind of like okay you guys stink who's next we kind of stink but i think our coach is better than your division two weirdo stepdad coach so (laughs) win the dang day yeah i mean i think we lose to texas tech but my official are you taking us to lose texas tech yeah probably okay i agree no but turner's got us winning we're gonna beat tech i have us winning against the kansas state wildcats i think when you look at les miles as a coach 
That man knows how to motivate players for a big game. One game a, a year. Rivalry game. There's always <laughs> one that game one year. game. This is the game where he's going to have those viral post game clips. He's going to be so pumped after the game. He's going to be saying hilarious things if it's a post game interview on the field or even. I, I'm thinking back to the Oklahoma State win against OU. Let her rip. Oklahoma State. Yeah, like saying things like let her rip. Like, Give him a big kiss on the mouth if you're a girl. <laughs> yeah, it, he was just so pumped. And I think he's going to get these guys to just, if they're going to come out and play one incredible game this year, I think it's going to be K-State. I think the Hawks win. I think Lawrence has a great party that night. And I think we established that, you know what? Football is kind of back to being anybody's game now. If Les is going to stick around, things are going to improve here. That's just what it's going to be. The Hawks and K-State are going to be freaking going toe-to-toe each year, and it's going to be fun unless – is going to get the first laugh. I would hope so. I have documented on Twitter that they, the Jayhawks <laughs> won that one by 21 minimum. Yeah, I mean, that's um, just insane. <laughs> massive troll job. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. People are taking it very serious. Oh, yeah. They always do. Oh, we're beating the Cats. Wow. So you've Braden got has us as a bowl game, it sounds <laughs> yeah. like. No, that's four. That's four. <laughs> okay. I guess, yeah. So you've got I don't have us winning another one. Four wins. That's right. not crazy. I guess that's true. Yeah. If we win the first two, I think we can win four. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the route to four is definitely what we've just talked about. Texas Tech, K-State, West Virginia win two of those. But I don't know. I I think I think we uh, – I don't know. I just don't see us winning Texas Tech and Kansas State. Winning back-to-back conference games, that just seems unheard of. But I like right, the prediction. I like the confidence. I was either going to take a win against West Var or win against Tech. So Yeah, that's true. I think we were just as good as K-State last year, if not better. I agree. Like, in that game. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I just – I know they all hated Bill Snyder and thought he was doing awful job, but, like, he was Kansas State football. We saw what happened last time he left. It was a disaster. Horrible. I don't know if Kleiman will be as much of a disaster, but I also think Kleiman is taking over a much less talented – I mean, Prince had Josh Freeman, who was a freaking NFL quarterback. James Franklin was his OC. Yeah, like, like – he had so much around him, and yeah. they were just like five wins were, a year. So, and I think Kleiman, I just don't think they have any talent. Like, I, and especially next year, I think they're even going to get any, even worse. So it's right. like, I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with K State if we beat them. How quickly does Kleiman's seat get hot? It'll get toasty. I'm sure the K State message boards would not be happy that they're at three and eight at that point with a loss to Kansas. Yeah. So that would be awesome. Um, so I've got us now at. I think we, I got us at three wins. I think we pushed the win total because I do not think we go into Stillwater and beat Oklahoma State, but we should look into going to that game. I think that I was hard. just I was thinking I was going to say that during this. <laughs> yeah, so let's like do it. if I know it I'd sounds probably have like a wedding or something. I know it sounds bizarre, but imagine if we had five wins going into <laughs> Baylor. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna I mean, be tough though. I hate that that game's Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, she's gonna be or so just dead. like if we even if so we're dead. just competitive and having a good year, I'd be down to go to like the Iowa State game or just go to a road game. I freaking can't go to Iowa State. That's the one I wanted to go to, but Iowa State's it's a pretty good. nice stadium. I'm I think there, Stillwater's like a good 50. time. Go to Eskimo Joe's, get some. I just hate the paddle shit like they're. Yeah, it's just knock it off. Yeah, I I think we lose to Oklahoma State. I think we lose to Iowa State, and then I mean Baylor. People love Baylor this year. This thing has only got us losing by 17 points. Only. <laughs> That's so bad. That makes me sick. I, I don't know. They were pretty good last year, right? They played in a bowl. Mm-hmm. The Cheez-It Bowl, I think. 
Oh my god. Maybe. No, that was TCU. Yeah, T- that TCU yeah. Cal game was the worst college football game oh I've ever watched. God. The total in that game was like 37. It was so crazy. Yeah. So I uh yeah, I mean I just would you take over or under then? If you had to place a bet. Obviously you think it's going to be at 3, but like what do you feel more comfortable with? Stealing an extra one or I would feel more comfortable taking the over. Because I just I refuse to believe a less miles coach if less is what we think he is and he's a guy capable of like building a program back up. You just you beat Indiana State and you beat Coastal Carolina. And then I just think there's no reason we can't go steal a conference game. So I think push I'm just 100% confident we're going to push. And then I think you bet the over just because you know, you never know what can happen. Something fluky can happen. We've I like how I like how some of the worst teams in the conference we have at home, just because yes, how bad yeah. they are on the road. Like I mean, West having, Vaughn, Tech, and K State are all at home. Exactly, that's huge. I think, but that, it's just like I think it's more likely that we lose one of those first two than we go and like win as a seventeen point underdog someday. Yeah, like, that's mean, what scares me. Is like we just said that we could get blown out by West Virginia. Like, like yeah. if we're thinking that we might lose that game by forty, I'm supposed to also believe that we have a chance to win it. Like, I just worry about teams like West Virginia because yeah, they lost Greer, they lost their head coach, but like they've also been recruiting pretty well these last five years. Like they've had yeah. really good teams. Like they have talent around, and I think that's our biggest issue is just we're so behind on talent right now, and that's why K State is a team I think we can beat because I don't think they're talented. I think they've sucked at recruiting. I think Bill Snyder's good at taking lower level guys obviously and making them good i'm not convinced Kleiman can go in and do that he's been coaching the best players in, in his league in his league he's been the saban he's had those guys every guy wants to go play at north Dakota state because they're gonna play for a national title like it's a lot different when you're dealing with a three-star two-star juco lineman from right. fort scott kansas like it's just harder to coach and i think if there's any game where we can go toe-to-toe with someone talent wise we're gonna have the best player on the field and puka like that's the game i'm just extremely confident we're gonna win and like i said less miles that man yeah. no, I, that's kind of how i got to my whole 21 plus thing was yeah all those ideas i mean his first year they beat oklahoma right yeah like they only won three or four games but he won the one that he knew. Right. Like, if the the Hawks could probably win two games this year. We could lose to Coast Carolina and then beat K State, and like that changes the whole. I don't know. I don't think that season is viewed much worse than winning three. If we only win three, but if we win two and one of them is K State, I think people are kind of like, yeah, that's near the end of the season. I think you're going into the next year. Like, okay, we're working now. We're At going. least we're better than them. Yeah. So that kind of mindset, but. Les knows how to win ball games. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State was not good. He went there and they won four right away, and then they won. They were winners every year. I got one point for you though. I was doing some research because I know you've been hyping that stat up. Uh, yeah, Ryan Brown. Um, but I was looking, and we have five returning starters in offense, five on defense this year. Back in 2000, 2001, when Les got to Oklahoma State, he returned, like, all but, like, four starters total. That's what I was going to say. So, like, they, he returned suck. so much more, like, pieces that were already there. Oklahoma. And not replacing, like, a whole front seven or But they still weren't good at football for 12 years. Right. And he turned. I know. And I think, like, I'm thinking, but, like, 2020. Games. But, like, they weren't KU bad. Right. And I think future is good, like, 2020, 2021. I just don't think of this year as the – We'll see. The jump. I hope it is, but I love the confidence from B turn. I I mean we haven't had this good of a coach ever, so I know. I just hate 
that Les doesn't get to coach last year's team. I mean, I think if you look at last year's team on paper, it is a lot better. I think we at least get to five last year with Les. Yeah. Oh, like the Nichols game in K State. I think we we win win Nichols. We win K State, and I don't know. It's just. I think we talked about that in the Jesse interview. It's just like God, man. Like, are we worried? that that team only won three games and we lost a lot of big-time players from it? Like, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. All I know is that there's buzz and people are excited for the first week. And people, I think, I don't know. Do we have any predictions on attendance? Are we going to get in there and be like, I'm happy with this? Or are we going to be like, ugh? I think we will. Uh, the open the opener always gets like more full, especially students, because it's like the first thing that they get to do as a KU fan. Like they're all giddy to get there. Yeah, I know. It's always six o'clock. Right. I don't know why it's. And it's always so hot too, yeah. but that'd be nice. I mean, we'll be there at six a.m. six sharp. So, but I don't know. I mean, I would. I think it'll look good. I, I'll, I think I'll be happy with it. I think I'll be happy. I think if we win. I think I've already said this. If we beat Indiana State, I think Coast Carolina will be a big time turnout. Six p.m. Yeah, a lot of time to get there. Students will kind of like be more willing to tailgate and do a full day when you've got the whole day. You don't have to wake up at seven a.m. So twelve and zero. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm excited. I know I'm normally God. when football season comes. I'm normally just excited because our tailgates are a blast. All my friends are there. We have a great time. We drink. We have a good time. But now it's like we get to tailgate but then we get to watch football and we get to be invested and we get to actually care about what's happening because things it's we still have that positive outlook there's always that new outlook it could everything could be the same as it was but there's just that little glimmer of hope that's why we cannot lose because that all just goes right down the shitter it will be a disaster it'll be so bad but I remember last year when we lost in Nickel State, we were kind of like, all right, well, at least we can fire Beatty. Like, remember, everyone was like... I thought he was going to get fired that weekend. Yeah, so did I, but it turns out Jeff Long knew he was hiring less and knew he was firing Beatty regardless right. how last year went. So it was like, meh, right. why fire him now? Let's just let him do his thing. So, right. yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. Do some gambling? Let's do some gambling, Are we boys. back? It's we, been a while, We have a not months. gambled in a while on the podcast. It's been um, six months since March. I guess five months. Yeah, I've been missing some good old gambling. I don't yeah. know what the standings are. Well, we can reset them now. I think I won season one because I hit that six to one like so conference stupid tournament. Stupid that we did the Big Twelve tournament. <laughs> we based it off odds and you hit Iowa State. Yeah, that was tough. But, um, yeah, but let's yeah, get into let's it. hop into it. Uh, what do we want to start with? A win total for each person. Just pick a team. Pick, and a, team, pick a team. Tell me why they go in. over or under. Yeah. All right, I'll start, and I'll go back right to. The Kansas State Wildcats, I was looking before this pod, their win total is five and a half. Bowl game or not, I don't think they get to a bowl. Give me the under. I think they win four to five, and I think five is their max. I mean, they go to Mississippi State, they're going to lose that game. Smoked. Um, they're going to lose to us. They're going to lose Texas. They're going to lose to OU. Like, I don't see them going 500. No. So, I mean, yeah, I like yeah. four or five, like you I'm said. Really con- but I, I mean, need like, to find, I need to make that bet. Like, best case scenario, they're two and one in non con. Right. Yeah. So then do we really think they're going four and five in the Big Twelve? No chance. Like that's where I like look at it. It's like they have to win four Big Twelve games. I guess my reason for being so confident is I don't see them beating us. And if you don't beat us in conference, you're not you're not getting four, four other ones, yeah. right? So I'm pretty confident in Kansas State going under B turn. Do you got a team? Yeah. Oh, I'm just picking one. Yeah. Um I'll do I don't really have I haven't really looked at it that much, but I just said T C U under seven and a half. Under. Hmm. I think they were like pfft. 
I don't know. Are they supposed to be really good this year? I feel like I, I think people are just like Alex they Delton's, trust Gary Patterson. Like, Alex Delton's not good, is he? No. no. If he couldn't start a K State, like I'm pretty sure uh, TCU was three and six last year, and then they won their last three by like yeah, they stunk. They beat they barely beat K State yeah. or something, and then yeah, I don't know. I don't. Th- I could see them going. I mean, seven and five is a good year. Yeah. And that wins you the bet. Right. Still going to a bowl, but yeah. Oh, I love this one. Washington over nine and a half. Book it. I've already talked to you guys about it. But <laughs> he loves what it. he loves Washington more. Love than Washington. Do. Sixty to one to win the title. If you want to get on that too. You know what I? <laughs> Sixty to what one. What are their What are their make the playoff odds? Uh, I think it was like ten, maybe, which I love. Let me look. But I like they can legitimately run the table. They have. There are two other teams at the Pac-12 that are ranked, <laughs> Utah and Oregon. Both of them are in Washington. They haven't lost there since 2015. Their only tough road game is like at Arizona, and Arizona lost to Hawaii, so they're not as good as people thought. Here's By the I'll way, say, awesome game, Hawaii, Arizona. That was so dope. That was On Sportsbook, Washington's 12-1 to to make the playoffs. I like that. Because I, I think they can run the table, and then they'd beat Utah again in the Pac-12 title. You're 13-0 and with three wins against top 15 teams. Like... Did they not lose a lot on defense? I know they lost. They did, but their defense is just like one of those units that is never bad. It's always good. Right, and they brought in Jake Eason, that Georgia transfer at quarterback. So, I mean, he was like highly touted going in, but then Jake Fromm showed up. So like, I feel like we have to take this bet because A.B. is going to be like, oh, I told you. I am going to talk about it every day. Can you imagine our listeners right now like <laughs> listening to us talk about Washington football? Hammer, I'm trying to help you guys out. China will make you some money. I just wait. What's their non? What's their non-con schedule look like? Eastern Washington. Uh, <laughs> he does their schedule yeah. by heart. All I know, twelve. I know they play at BYU, which is always tricky. But even if they like, like I'm naming all these games. There's like four potential losses. Two of them are at home. The two road games are just better than. And like you can still lose two games and hit that bet. Like I think ten and two is free. Yeah, I God. like it actually. They have I just three don't, tough games. I, just I know at Stanford. That's, but Stanford, like, loses a lot. Like Utah, Oregon. Both at home. They haven't lost there in four years. Washington State. Stinks. Replacing quarterback. Yeah, I'm not scared of the Pac-12. It doesn't so. matter who's running quarterback in Mike Leach's Mike Mike Leach. Leach. office. <laughs> oh, my I God. I mean, I like it. Pac-12's weak. I could see it happening. Plus, you, you Like you said, two games. Yeah, They're going to win some of those You have to be invested games. in a Pac-12 team because at, like, 10 o'clock on a Saturday, you've been watching football for 10 straight hours. You just have to have one on in the background when you're going to sleep. There's always Pac-12 after Plus, dark. you've lost, like, every bet that day, and you're like, I'm putting everything I have on this West Coast game right. to I'm gonna watch. make some money back. You guys haven't heard the big breaking news, have you, about Hawaii football? No. All of their games will be on Facebook this year. <laughs> Last year, it was a mess. You'd have to, like, download an app and log in. You can just, only watch, like, half of them. I just watch on GameCast because they're always the last Who, game. Why do you love college football so much? Oh, dude, it's better than, like, March Madness, I He's swear to so God. He's so mad that he has to tailgate this year. No, I'm pumped. <laughs> But, like, I'm excited to, like, leave games at halftime if I can. Imagine how much he doesn't leave his couch on a Saturday. No, I – so my buddy Bill Kyle Quagmire, the guy, he uh, he got this, like, TV stand that raises. So he can, like, hide it all the time. But then he'll, like, push a button and it'll just, like, slide up over a second – or over his bottom TV. So it's just a two-TV setup. Oh, that's, that's, it's dope. So it's, it doesn't show two-TV all the time, but he can. It's big time. And we just sit on his couch for 12 hours a day and just do nothing. That's what road games are for. You need to be at every game at the booth. Yeah, I'm, I probably won't make Thanksgiving because I'll be out of town. But Unacceptable. I'm just kidding. But I'm just kidding. Um, Let's name this the Washington over nine and a half pod. I'm just... Yeah. Hammer. <laughs> just wait. I can't wait till they go 
five. We just seven. went for ten minutes on them. Yeah, yeah more that, on Washington later. That, that was a disaster. Um, all right, so I got under K State. He's got under TCU. You've got over Washington. Mm-hmm. What That's are we right. doing next? Uh, college football playoff. Love this. I want to hear both of your guys' top four. Uh, nice. Give me your first I don't two know, out, dude. I mean, you can. Uh, we're all going to have two of them the same. <laughs> yeah. And then just pick two others. Yeah. I have uh, obviously got Clemson, Alabama. But then <laughs> I've got Michigan. I think Harbaugh, I mean, Harbaugh's kind of been getting roasted. Urban Meyer absolutely dogged him. To Michigan. Stop. New coach coming in at Ohio State. Like, Harbaugh's got a freaking kind of, I don't know. Right. And I don't know how many people know this. I also root for the University of Michigan football team. They're going to be good. I like their over nine and a half, too. Um, Shea Patterson's winning the Heisman. I said he's got a good chance with good value. Yeah, so. But this is the year. Every every tough game's at home. Like, just win the home games. Harbaugh's due against Ohio State. So, I'll go Clemson, Alabama, Michigan, and I'll go Oklahoma. They're just going to be good. Jalen Hurts being put into that is just. I like OU. Yeah, I mean, it's just. (laughs) I hate Texas. I, can't. I want OU to beat Texas. I think if they beat Texas, they're making the playoff. <laughs> go ahead, turn. I mean, I have Clemson and Bama, obviously. I, yeah. I heard they go there a lot. They make the playoffs good. a lot. Decent mm-hmm. program. Sometimes they play each other in the national title game. Heard that rumor as well. Um, third team, OU. They go a lot. They're good. <laughs> they are. Jalen. Hashtag analysis. <laughs> they're I mean, I'd have no. They go a lot. I mean, it's so it's hard to predict. Like OU's good every year. They had the last two Heisman winners. Jalen Hurts was very. I mean, he's a very good quarterback. Oh yeah. Got replaced by someone who's decent. Throws with his left hand. Give me a fourth. <laughs> Just name someone good. Georgia. Okay, I could see that. He went top four teams of the country. I mean, am I supposed to give a full scouting report on the Oklahoma Sooners? <laughs> no, you're fine. You're good. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just dying that you said, I like Clemson, Alabama. They go there a lot. OU. They're, they go I mean, there a lot. Those three go every year. It feels <laughs> no, like. They've been there the last three. I, I liked it. No, I like Georgia. I don't know I mean, if I trust I Jalen Hurts, though, for some reason. I kind of feel like. But he will tear up the Big 12. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, I just think He's it's He's got perfect. Lincoln, whose offense is. They'll be fine. But uh, I'm going to switch it up. I have Clemson 1, Michigan 2. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama three, I think they lose a game. SEC West is, but Michigan this year. does Michigan beat Ohio State this year? Yeah, they're gonna run the table. Thirteen now. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they're going to. What's their? Why are you not hammering that win total? Because I like Washington's a little bit more, and Washington's nine and a half. I think Michigan's ten. <laughs> so there's a little more give on Washington. <laughs> You're just on like a gambling podcast or something. Uh, I like Washington a little bit more. <laughs> okay, okay, so who's your fourth? And then fourth, we've talked about them before. The Washington Huskies are running the table, going to the playoff, getting in. They've done it before. Three years ago, they are the fourth seed, got smoked by Bama. So uh, no Big 12 team. No, I think OU's five or six, and then the other one's like Georgia or something. Hmm. But Okay, so who do you guys have winning the Natty? I have Bama over Washington. <laughs> He's got Washington no, beating Clemson. Bam over Washington. Oh, no, it's oh, Clemson, okay. Washington. I'm, I'm, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad, my bad. You're right. It's Clemson, Washington. So, yeah, Clemson. And then I have uh, Storybook, OU beating Bama, 
Jalen Hurts beats his old team. OU's not my playoff. That's a good storybook for his. Wow. <laughs> I have Michigan. He just, he just predicted OU to win the Natty I when think, they weren't even in his I, <laughs> This is electric they analysis. Could, they us. could. They could. Okay, but no, Michigan, Michigan, Bama. I mean, storybook. Harbaugh, if he's going to beat Ohio State and Notre Dame, all these teams, he's not beating Bama. I think Bama might win that game by 1,000. Um, <laughs> plus, Bama, Bama's pissed off. Last last football game they played, they got smoked. So I think they, they they're going to be Clemson in the title game or Vince <laughs> game. Be pissed off from their game a year. Let's early. wrap this up. People don't yeah, forget. People don't forget. I think Bama wins the title this year, forty-two twenty-seven. I I actually agree. I think Bama and Clemson play the Natty again. Yeah. I'm I'm taking Clemson. I think Bama wins. I think there's no chance Saban loses two years in a row. Trevor Lawrence, the goat. Very good. God, he's got two more years left. What if Trevor Lawrence <laughs> is just the guy that like kind of ruins Nick Saban? That'd kind of be hilarious. What if Trevor Lawrence dominates two more years and he gets picked number one overall by the like Raiders or something, and we have to deal with him he's for gonna be, ever? He's going to be on the Colts. Ah, that's true. Yeah. God, that was so weird. Yeah, that so was weird. weird. Yeah, Andrew Luck, poor guy. Um, oh, you makes wow. it a lot. This was. Oh, you, they make a lot. He just, I mean, I was making fun of you. He just literally I named I put myself his, in a pretzel. He just named his college football player playoff and then predicted a team that wasn't in the playoff <laughs> to win in storybook fashion. It would be cool, though, if Jalen beat his old team. Like, it beat two be. with the guy that took his job. You should have thought that through before. <laughs> so I said it'd be cool. I didn't say it right. was going to happen. Who's a sleeper? Who One sleeper Heisman candidate. Since you love college football so much, yeah. don't get into 10-minute depth. I won't. All right, so I was watching YouTube videos. <laughs> I actually looked at a 2020 mock draft, and they had this guy going. You guys are assholes. You asked me a question to make fun of it. No. Uh, you guys are going to laugh again, but I think it's Shea Patterson. He's 28-1. to 1. They're going to run the spread this year. They got the dude from Bama to run the offense. Apparently Harbaugh's staying out of it. If he's actually staying out of it, and they're an unbeaten team, Obviously, the spread is working, so his numbers are going to be good. So why can't the number two team in the country, why can't his quarterback win the Heisman? Yeah, 28-1. So nice. I don't buy for one second. Harbaugh is going to stay out of it. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about, too. But um, My sleeper is Puka Williams. Good God. We've got to get back to KU because this has been a disaster. Uh, I think it's right. been very funny. I, uh, As you see, folks, we are – Four uh, and eight. <clears throat> B turns got the Hawks going four and eight. See you at the booth Saturday. I've got the Hawks going three and nine. AB's got the Hawks going three and nine, but I'd lean if I was betting the total probably under because I think it's more likely we lose one of those games that we should win than we win a game that we should lose. Okay, yeah, but I, mean, I hope so I'm wrong. We're all kind of a little different. I'm a little yeah. more optimistic about three, but B turn obviously thinks four is happening. So. I don't know. We will see. Uh, sorry to bore you with our college football takes. We're clearly not the most um, – well, A.B.'s prepared. Me and B-Turn have not been, you know, studying reading, up on the- studying up on random Pac-12 schedules. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It. We, uh, we figured we, you know, had to get a football pod out there. If you have not listened to Todd Reesing, go listen to it. Much better than this episode, I promise. He's much more entertaining. Um, so go listen to it for real. Get yourself excited for your football season. Then listen to this one. Go through the schedule with us. So I, I'm telling you to listen to this one as you're listening to this one. So that makes no sense. We got to end this show. Breaking folks. news. Uh, that's hashtag it. the booth. That's it for episode 26. Go ahead and tweet out hashtag the booth. Get it going. Get I want it trending going. in Kansas on Saturday. We're getting Trump to tweet it. If. 
Can you? Why? Like, what? I mean, that was so bananas. I just thought of the most popular person on Twitter, like, follower-wise. He's he's the ultimate goal. Thank you for listening. This is off the rails. Episode 26. Episode 26. See you at the booth on Saturday. See you at the booth. Les Miles era is beginning. That's it. We'll see you. Rock Chalk. therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10 percent on your first month that's better help h-e-l-p